Welcome to worship here at Springfield Church of the Brethren. It is September the 18th. Uh, welcome to those who are here in person, those who are joining us online, and I will also say a special happy birthday to my little brother Laban who turns 32 today. I mean, I'm 36, He's Jacob's 34, he must be 32. Um, though he is currently in Seward, Alaska, probably sleeping because they're four hours behind or ahead, behind, behind, yeah. Anyway, our scripture today continues to be in this same section that we have been in these last couple weeks and will continue to be using mostly. Uh, Exodus 20, this day is 8 through 11. If you wanted to follow along in your pew Bible, um, it is on page 54. I would know that because I've said that the last three Sundays. Anyway, it reads... Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female slave, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Amen. We all need time to rest, right? Though many of us probably feel we don't get enough of that. And I mean real rest. Not that, you know, sitting there doom scrolling on your computer or your phone or watching the news and all the things happening on it, getting yourself upset and angry. No. I mean meaningful rest. I ended up getting a really meaningful Sabbath rest about a month or so ago. I was absolutely exhausted. You may all remember this Sunday. I came in running on about three hours of sleep, having about three hours the last four or five nights in a row. And I forgot not only my keys to the church, but my sermon too. <laughs> I was exhausted. And I joked with a few people that my only plan for the day was go home and take a nap. Now, anyone here who's a Facebook friend with me will know that is not what happened. I got home... And I was bombarded by, well, I guess technically then four-year-old who insisted that today was the day we were going to the zoo. No. No, Grace. Daddy, Daddy needs a nap. You promised. I did not promise. <laughs> Just because you believe something does not make it binding. <laughs> But I wanted to go to the zoo. Okay, to be fair. We had a new baby in the house. I know we haven't been paying as much attention to her as she normally gets. I mean, that's part of having a new baby in the house, right? Not to mention, she really wanted to go out and do something. And I thought about it, and I could either sit here and argue with her for the next hour and a half, because she would kind of keep bringing it up, or we could go to the zoo. 
We went to the zoo. I'm so glad we did. I needed that. I needed that time where I was away from my phone. It was put away in my pocket just for checking in and taking pictures as needed. I was away from home. Because you know what? What I usually do when I try to rest, if I'm not actually falling asleep, I find jobs to do. You know, oh, yeah, could go mow a little. Clean up the, the edge of the, the sidewalk with the trimmer. I can find work. No, what I needed was one-on-one -on -one time with my daughter where I got to just enjoy watching her be a kid, looking at all the animals, walking around with her, going to the zoo cafe, which I hardly ever take her because I don't want to pay zoo prices at food. But we got popcorn and pizza, and we sat there and joked around. I needed that. Now, mind you, I was still physically exhausted, so when I got home, I slept like a log, and I slept through every time the baby fussed that night. Sorry, Lauren. I needed that. That was a Sabbath. Now, usually when I say Sabbath, we all think Sunday or Sunday morning. That isn't at all what was meant when God created it in the Torah. No. Your Sabbath could... Oh, yeah. Your Sabbath could be on Sunday if you want it. It's not to say that you can't have Sabbath on Sunday. Historically, it wasn't Sunday anyway. It was Saturday. But what it's meant to reflect is something from the creation story. Now, I know we've been going back to the creation story a lot. But to be fair, the first four commandments all, excuse me, all rest on the creation story of who God is and who we are as humanity. So, real quick we recap, because I need to pull some special things out. In the beginning, God makes all things by separating and making edges out of chaos, giving it order. And this story follows a pattern. At the very beginning, he creates light and darkness, and then we have there was evening and there was morning the first day. And at the end of every single day, we get that pattern. There was morning, evening, there was morning, the blank day. And the sixth day comes and God creates all the animals and us, giving us dominion. And as I've said before and I'll say again, we, the reflections of God, are given the command to garden. Anyway. Then God calls it very good, there is evening, there is morning, and then it reads, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude. On the sixth day, God finished the work that he had done. He rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work he had done in creation. I'm not 100% sure why that voice slipped out in there. Anyway. Now we are told the reason that we are to rest on the seventh day is because God rested on the seventh day. We, the reflections of God, reflect God in our lives. But let me point out some things that are maybe not quite so obvious. First, when the Israelites received this notion, the day of rest was probably pretty foreign to them. I mean, after all, they had spent generations living as slaves in Egypt. 
Yes, they may not have actually been out there doing the backbreaking labor every single day, but whatever free time they got, it was tending to their herds, taking care of their crops, because they had to feed themselves. No one was providing that for them. They had to handle all their daily chore activity on top of their slave work. Kind of sounds like today. Yeah, you may get paid to go to work and everything, but you still have to spend all your extra time making sure you got food and the house is taken care of and the lawn is done and the laundry is caught anyway. The idea that they could have a time that they weren't allowed to work would have been novel. That was something only the wealthy could do. Now I'm pointing out something else. This is the first positive rule. The first three rules are all negative. Do not, you know, X, Y, Z. Do not worship other gods. Do not make images. Do not misuse God's name. But then we get this first positive one. Do remember, respect, take a day of rest as your God has. Three ways to respect God by not doing things. And one way to respect God by accepting the gift that we are given to rest. You know, Jesus brings this up, Mark chapter 2, when, when they're all criticizing him for doing things on, the, on, on Saturday, on the Sabbath. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Sure, we can survive without rest. I've done 14, day in a row, 14 shifts in a row at, a, at Friendly's back in the day. I could do it. Now, I was exhausted and a grump afterwards. I could do it, but I did not thrive. We humans cannot thrive without some downtime. Now, looking back, that seventh day, there's something in there that's missing. There is we are never told that there is evening and morning the eighth day. Notice that? There's no evening. The seventh day continues. Now, in English, we use the word day because that's the one we like to use. You know, someone back in the, well, back in the day translated as day, and we've all kept it. The Hebrew word here doesn't refer to day in terms of like a 24-hour period. It means a period of work. So it's the seventh, or the sixth period of work, and this is the seventh period of, well, non-work technically. It doesn't conclude. And seeing as God is not bound by 24 hours like the rest of us, we have no idea when the end of this period ends. But we got a hint, at least in how the ancient Hebrews thought it worked, because they stuck a second creation story right after the first. And you know this story. This is the Adam and Eve story. When Adam and Eve are made, they are put into a perfect world a world in which humanity, they, are invited to share fully in the good life with God. They enter into a Sabbath garden, a place of rest, where all things are taken care of, where there are no worries, no stresses, no problems. But of course, humanity rebels. The garden is lost, and Adam's punishment, specifically Adam, but Eve as well, is that he can no longer rest every single day. For him, Sabbath has ended. He has entered into the eighth day when work must begin again. 
and thus ends for all of us. Now, part of the purpose of the law was to undo this, to reverse this, to bring the Israelites back into a state similar to being in the garden. The promised land was not just, you know, some random piece of property. It was a place that was agriculturally rich, a place where, with only a little bit of work, somebody could, in theory, get great bountiful harvest, a place where we could return to something like the rest that we once had. You can even see this in the temple and the tabernacle. You've you got to kind of really read through a lot of the details to get this. But you'll notice that over and over again, all the, the metalwork, the tables, the, the tapestries, everything is in this garden motif. You know, they've got plants all over the place, especially pomegranates. Pomegranates were especially important uh, symbol of God back in the day. So that, the center of the religion, you know, the center of, of the faith, the tabernacle, the temple, is a recreation of the garden. And the land about it is also that. So long as they hold to the rules... If they hold to the rules, God promises this land will remain bountiful and that they will be protected. So bountiful that they could take a day off every single week and not work and have enough food. Bountiful enough that they could take a seventh year off every cycle and not work for an entire year. You know, other than basic you know, animals, you can't just say, hey, I'll see you next year. Apparently it doesn't work like that with them. And then every, and another set of cycle here, every seventh time you've reached this sabbatical year, you get to take an extra year off in which the Jubilee is celebrated. And in the Jubilee, land is returned, debts forgiven, slaves freed. They essentially return to a garden-like existence for one year. When all things are wiped away, there's no worry, no stress, everyone will be taken care of. It's the closest, the closest that they will return to the garden. But we all know how the story goes. They cannot hold on to the rules. And thus, instead of going through endless bounty and protection, they experience periods of famine and war. Sure, they continued to celebrate Sabbath. As far as we are aware, they've never celebrated sabbatical and definitely did not celebrate the jubilee. Eventually, the land, of course, is divided. And then part of it lost to the Assyrians, the other parts of Babylon. Sure, they got that part back, but they would forever be someone else's servants, more or less. Until this guy, Jesus, shows up. Now, in Luke, he begins his ministry on the Sabbath. That's kind of weird. Why would you begin your work on the Sabbath, the day you are not supposed to work. But he does that, and he declares the beginning of a new jubilee, a beginning of, uh, sorry, a beginning that is a wiping away of the old. Debts freed, slave, I'm sorry, debts erased, slaves freed, wealth shared, all people invited to re-enter into the covenant. Eventually, all peoples are invited to enter in that covenant, even us into that garden. Now, why is he doing it on the Sabbath? 
Is he just ignoring this fourth commandment, you know, not to work on the Sabbath day? Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Why? Well, after all, when they had broken the commandments, they had ended up back into the state of Adam. Back into this idea where you have to work every day just to make it by. Sure, they might have technically taken off the Sabbath. By this point, um, rabbis and synagogues had become a thing. So people went to temple or to synagogue on, on Saturdays to worship. But they never could really take a day off. You know, they always had worries and stresses. They always were worrying about making sure there was enough food or money to pay off the Romans next year. So Jesus offers them this clean slate, this washing away, this return of the promised land, the gift that's offered to all of us. But Jesus never reaches that point. You all know this again. He dies. But even that, that is a mark of Sabbath. After all, when does Jesus die? Jesus dies on the sixth day. On the day in which humanity is created, the perfect human dies on the cross. On the day that God rested, God rested in the tomb. And on the eighth day, the first day of the week, he rose. The day in which light was separated from darkness, light was again separated from darkness. Light from death. And a new world was created. One in which we have a direct connection between us and God. One where grace abounds. Now we are still living in this period of creation. The sun has not sat on it. We are still in this day. Though I don't know which day of the week it is. It might be the sixth. It might be the third. I have no idea. But we are still living in this period of creation. We are called now to be partners in that creation. The work is, though, not burdensome, but it is in joy to engage it, to do the work that Christ calls us into. And despite that, we are also still called to rest, to rest as Jesus rested. Now, as I said, if you want to be technical, sure, it's Saturday. Saturday's Sabbath. Sunday's the Lord's Day. But frankly, it doesn't matter when or how you take your Sabbath, only that you take it. As I said, I am a terrible Sabbath taker. I am not one to sit there and relax without doing something. And usually it's the lawn until it's winter, and then it's going to be cleaning up the basement, which will never technically finish. I, I swear that's not on purpose. It's just the way it is. It looks a lot different for lots of different people. My, my friend, uh, Taman from, from seminary, he loved the practice of Sabbath when it was introduced to him. Every Saturday, maybe it wasn't Saturday, it was one day a week where he scheduled out about six hours in which he wasn't allowed to have any meetings, any calls, anything like that with any person. But he was going to sit in his favorite chair with a good book. 
That was his version. There's lots of different kinds of version. And for some of you, it might be mowing. To be fair, I love mowing. Don't know why. It's just relaxing. Maybe it's because I can pop in my earbuds and listen to whatever I want and not have a five-year-old yanking on my arm every minute. But the point is to take it, to find your way to relax. Now, the Sabbath of the ancient days, the idea was to spend it at home with your family being present in the moment. And I think that is probably the thing you must be aiming for the most if you want to find some Sabbath time, to really be present. Not to worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. You know, that was the purpose of a Sabbath, was that things are good enough, you do not have to worry. If you want to take the Saturday to just be doing what you wanted to, to not worry about tomorrow, that's Sabbath. Finding the time to be, finding the time to be alive, to enjoy, to relax, to pray, to be with God, to recognize that this is a gift to be able to do so. Even in this day, there are many people who can't enjoy Sabbaths, who have to work seven days a week just to make ends meet. Those across the world and in our own backyards. So for those of you who are able to do that, take that time. We've got a lot of work to do. That is what we are called to do as Christians, to work to garden. But sometimes you got to sit down on the bench in the garden and watch the bees, and watch the butterflies, listen to the blue jays. I like blue jays. To read your favorite book, to talk with a friend, and to not worry about tomorrow. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Rest in the Lord, for that is a gift as well as a commandment. Amen. I hope you all find some Sabbath this week, whether it's today or tomorrow, or maybe only an hour on Tuesday night. Come to our prayer meeting. It's a real moment of Sabbath for me, at least. But may you find it. May you be truly present in the moment, realizing the blessing that this life is and the blessing of rest. Have a Sabbath. Amen.